evening, Central Park Baptist Church. Good evening to you all. How are we doing this evening? We're doing okay? Amen. If you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 62, hymn 62, one day. One day we'll do the first, second, and last verses one day. First, second, and last verses of hymn 62, one day. so thankful, Father, to uh, come together as a body of believers here this evening, Lord, to praise and to worship your name. Thank you, Lord, that we can consider you our personal Savior, just as David uh, said in the Psalms. He said that you were my rock, my deliverer, my high tower, my buckler, my shield, and, and it was a, a personal testimony, Lord, and for those of us who are born again, we are excited, Lord, that we can call you this evening my Savior. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you just be uh, with uh, everything that happens here tonight, Lord, including the preaching and the teaching. We're excited to have our very own Brother Cone, our missionary, uh, and his family here, Lord, this evening. And, uh, Father, we just pray, Lord, that, uh, uh, that you'll just uh, use him, Lord, to uh, 
be a vessel and to share his testimony, Lord, about the works that are going on in the uh, in the country. And Father, we just pray, Lord, that uh, uh, when we leave this place, Lord, we can say that it's been good to have been in the house of the Lord this evening. It is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. You may be seated for this next hymn, hymn 63, hymn 63. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me, hymn 63. Bible study and prayer time tonight. We have a, our special guest with us tonight uh, from Joshua Baptist Church to the country of Thailand. Amen. Amen. Um, the Cone uh, family with us. We're Amen. glad that they are here. Is your son working or in Bible college? Ah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's the best thing to do with when you're young. <laughs> okay. Well, we're glad that they're with us tonight, and I hope you enjoy them. They're great, great folks, and I hope you get to know them personally. Let me give you some uh, quick uh, announcements before we get into our prayer time. Don't forget men's prayer breakfast at 830 um, this uh, um, Saturday. Saturday morning. Uh, we'll be meeting together. We'll have a time of prayer. We'll have a time of devotions. Amen. We'll have a time of eating, mostly bacon. Amen. Amen. I, I, I always love the fact at, on Men's Prayer Breakfast that I am not Jewish. I like pork way too much. Amen. I like ham. I like pork chops. I mean, I just like pork. Amen. I even like pork and beans. Well, you put hot, and then you put, you know why? You put bacon in it. Amen. <laughs> Don't forget, 23 and 23 is coming up this Sunday. That's where we're asking 23 people to meet with us at 8.30 in the morning. Men, women, children. Uh, we do have children that come to it, and we have ladies that come to it. We have men that come to it. We meet here in the auditorium, and we pray. Some people pray out loud. Some people don't pray out loud. It's, it's okay just to come and pray. We pray for God to bless our church during the month of August, to give us more salvation, to give us more baptisms, to give our church a chance to grow yeah. some more. Uh, listen, I'll be honest with you. Satan is alive and well. Yes, he is. 
I, I hadn't, uh, last week I was going to tell you about this on Wednesday night, and I, I didn't because everything changed, and so, but I will tell you what's going on, for example, in the world. And uh, a place I, I, in Africa I used to go to, uh, which I can't now because there's a civil war going on, uh, in Cameroon, Africa, one of our missionary, one of our national pastors was kidnapped and uh, was kidnapped by four uh, Muslims were held for ransom. They wanted ten thousand dollars, and like, who has an extra ten grand just sitting in their pocket, just waiting to be spent somewhere? Okay, right. ten dollars. No, ten dollars and ten grand are different. And uh, so uh, they did settle. Uh, the, the church found out where he was at. They scoured the area, found out where he was at, and had a chance to negotiate with them, and, and was able to get their pastor back for twenty-five hundred dollars. But that's all they had to give. Normally, they kill you within 24 hours if they don't get your money. And God didn't allow that to occur. And so that's just an example of how Satan is functioning in this world today. We don't hear about it, but he's there. And there's all sorts of places in our country and around the world that he's working. He even works in our church. Sometimes we don't even notice it. It can be a word somebody says or a statement somebody says or somebody gets offended. Right. Uh, and there's so many different ways that Satan tries to destroy the unity at Central Park Baptist Church. Right. That's why it's so important that we pray together. Yes, sir. And I want to encourage you to become part of that 23 and 23 at 830 in the morning this Sunday morning. This Also this Sunday, we'll have Brother Jonathan Stewart with us. He'll be with us for our Sunday morning and Sunday evening service. He's a wonderful, wonderful preacher. If you haven't heard him preach, he's just a wealth of Bible knowledge. Amen? He's just fun to be around because and he, he's the only guy I know that can out-talk me within minutes or moments. Amen? He can talk faster more than I can. And I'm like, I wonder if I'm ever going to get another word into this conversation. And, and he knows that. But he's an, he's an amazing man. Once you ask one Bible question, you're going for a ride. Amen? And it's a wonderful ride. Don't forget, there's some things coming up. Uh, the Andretti uh, 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 Indoor Go-Kart and Game, uh, that'll be on August 12th. Um, if you haven't signed up, there's a sign-up sheet out in the foyer. I want to encourage you to do that. Ladies, there's a quilting show coming up also on August 12th. If you haven't signed up for that, please do. And don't forget that at 9.30 on Saturday morning after men's prayer breakfast, we're going to go out and knock doors. Amen. We're going to invite folks to come to church. Amen. You say, well, I'm a little nervous about that. I don't know what to say. You don't have to say anything. Just come. We send people out two by two. Right. One can talk. The other one can just walk along. Amen? Just to be a part of it. Just to be there. Just to be a part of the blessing. We'll also be doing bus visitation in the, in the morning. So be praying about that. If you don't go, please pray about those times of what we're doing out there. Uh, trying to win the loss to Christ. Trying to get young men and women, boys and girls, uh, in, on our buses and getting them to come to church. So I want to encourage you to be a part of that. If you have a prayer list here, I hope you have your prayer list. Do you have a prayer list? Anybody need one? Right here, we need one right here. Right over here, we need another one. If you hold your hands up just for a moment, it'll take, it takes older people like Brother Eric just a little bit of time to walk around. He's been cramped in corners underneath counters, uh, in, uh, working on plumbing all week. So it takes him a while to stretch back into normal shape. Keep your hands up, though, for a minute because he, he has to find you, all right? 
Uh, don't forget about all the people in our church that uh, have cancer. Continue to pray for, for uh, Miss Erica. She is recovering, and she has a clean belt of health uh, and when it comes to the cancer. So keep praying for her as she's recovering from all the cancer treatments she received. Amen. Uh, pray f uh, for uh, uh, many of the people that we see on our list. My wife is doing much better. We expect to see her maybe next week here in church. And so continue to pray for her. But she's doing really well. Uh, Brother Robbie's doing good. He's getting along with his boot. Uh, here and there. I thought on Sunday, man, we kind of look like we've been to war here just a little bit. Uh, people in slings, people in boots, people with walkers, people got their legs out straight. I mean, there it's everywhere. And the truth is we are at war. We're at war with the devil. Amen. So uh, also pray. I, there's two additions here I want to point out in our prayer sheet. It's under health. The first one is Kurt Bogart. He's our missionary to Nicaragua. Brother Bogart had to have a knee replacement surgery about January of this year. Then he got a really bad infection in his body. And I don't know if you understand how bodies work, but infections go to the weakest part of your body to live and hide. And so it went into that surgical area that they had just done. And the infection kept getting worse and worse and worse. And just like maybe a week or so ago, I'm not sure the exact timeline, they had to go in and remove the new knee and fill it with concrete so that he cannot walk, he cannot bend that leg. It's to chase out the infection. That's how bad it was. He, it was so bad he almost became septic, if you understand what that means. And that would have been horrible for him and his wife. So he's got to be that way for a while. I don't remember how long. And then after the infection is good and gone and he's strong again, then they'll open that back up, take the concrete out, and put in another knee. So pray for them. they got a long road ahead of them. Amen? And that makes it difficult for him to get back to the mission field when those things are going on. So please, please pray for him. Then there's another missionary we have on here tonight, Gene Harmon. Gene, Gene Harmon is our missionary to China. Okay? He's, got, he's all set up to finally get back to China now after COVID. But they found out he had cancer. And they've done some uh, surger surgery on him. And uh, it's going to take time for him to get strong enough again to even try to get back to China. So please be praying for him. Uh, if you would, please, I think it's important that uh, our missionaries know that we're praying for them in their time of need. And this is a time of need. Uh, and so he's home in the country right now. And so be praying for him and, and his wife, amen, uh, as they take care of each other. I think it's real important that we spend time praying for them. So they're on our prayer list and they're going to stay there as long as we need to keep them there. Amen. So be praying for them as well. And Brother Bogart just happens to be our uh, missionary of the week. Amen. Every week it's a different missionary. Just so happens that he's on there. So pray for him twice. Amen. Uh, and let God uh, work in, in, in his heart and life. Amen. Uh, pray for the makers, of course, and, uh, as, uh, and Miss Fenwick, and then uh, Dennis and Susie as they go through these struggles. Amen. Uh, pray for our ladies that are expecting. Uh, and then uh, we've got a lot of people that are recovering from a lot of things. So uh, please go over your prayer. Let's take it home with you and uh, put it in your Bible. And every time you go to read your Bible, open it up. I know that we have our prayer notebooks. But we also need to pray for those expedient things that we know about. Amen. So uh, I want to encourage you 
and ask you to if you do that. All right, so let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer then, and then we'll also pray for our offering, all right? Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for the time you've given to us. I ask that you be with our missionary tonight, Brother Cohn, and I ask that you fill him with the power of your Holy Spirit, that as he speaks, you flow through him to our hearts and our lives, make our hearts and lives more tender. I, uh, I think often of the people in Thailand. There's so many things that um, are different than here. And it's a work that must be done for you. I know a number of men, women, and families who are trying to do their best to reach Thailand for your honor and your glory. And I thank you for this family as well. I ask that you'd help them and guide them and direct them, provide for them financially everything they need to be able to go to Thailand and get the work done that you've called them to do. Then I ask, Lord, that you'd be a Brother uh, Bogart and uh, Brother Harmon. I ask that you'd heal their bodies. I ask that you'd give each of their doctors greater wisdom than they've ever had before. I know that you are the great physician and you're able to do anything. I'm a living testimony of that. Uh, 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 Erica, Miss Erica is a, a wonderful testimony of that. Many of us in here have, uh, that are in this room tonight whose names I have not mentioned have had cancer and yet you've delivered us from it. And so, Lord, I ask that you guide and direct and help them. I ask that you be with those um, who are, are currently recovering from a, a number of surgeries. Uh, I ask that you be with Brother Ron Wortham and continue to guide and help him and give his body strength, help him be able to be back in church soon. We miss him dearly. We love him greatly, and I ask that you bring him back to us here at the church. Lord, I thank you for those that are on our prayer list to be saved. I ask that you convince and convict them of their need to be saved, uh, that they would uh, hear the call of the Holy Spirit and yield and receive you as Savior. I ask that you be with our finances in the church. I ask that you be with our visitation and soul winning program. I ask that you be with Pastor as he's um, uh, away right now. Give him a safe trip. Help him to relax and enjoy himself while he's, while he's uh, there in Scotland. Uh, but, Lord, I ask that for, especially that you'd be with the United States of America. This is our home on earth. And I ask that you be with our president. And I ask that you'd convince and convict him of his need to be saved. That you'd work in his heart and his life. And you'd do what must be done that we cannot do, but you can do, to bring him to the place of salvation. I ask that you be with those around him. And, Lord, I ask that you keep the devil away from them. I ask that you deliver them from evil. I ask that you'd also convict those that are around him of their need to be saved. Father, our country's in bad shape because we walk away from you. And so, Lord, I beg and I plead with you, convict those around our president, including our president, of their need to trust you as Savior. I ask that you be with our Congress, both the House of Representatives and the Senate. Lord, they're surrounded by temptation and evil all the time. And I ask, Lord, that you'd give them wisdom. I ask that you'd save many of them. I ask that you'd send people to them who's not afraid of their title or their position and would honestly and fully and completely give them the gospel message that they could receive you as Savior. And once they have, I ask that they'd be dedicated to you and to your will. I ask that you be with our Supreme Court justices in the same thing. Lord, I thank you for our state and local governments. I ask that you guide our, <coughs> our governor. I ask that you be with the mayor here in Carrollton and in the cities around us. And, Lord, and I ask that we would be, do our best 
to be an example to those in government all around us, whether it be police or fire or whether it be uh, EMTs or emergency people or uh, our city councilmen, mayors or whatever we have, city councilmen, I ask, Lord, that you'd help us be a testimony to them that we might start revival here in this place by reaching those that are around us. We love you for this opportunity to be with you here tonight, to pray together as a church, and to know how much you love us and care for us. Again, we ask that you bless our service. I ask that you bless our offering. May it go far to meet the needs of your church here. Give us wisdom, uh, the best uh, we could have from you on how to use every penny for your glory and for your honor. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, please bring it right now. time we're going to uh, sing hymn 324 we'll do a verse and a chorus of hymn 324 and then please briefly greet each other as we prepare uh, for brother Cone. amen hymn 324 wonderful grace of jesus wonderful grace of jesus verse and a chorus and then please greet each other
พลงคำควนบทที่3ข้อที่51พระคัมภีร์พูดว่าในถาของขับพระองค์ทำให้ใจขับพระองค์ Lamentations 3 and 51 The Bible says Mine eye affecteth my heart And so I have a video uh, It's only about uh, four minutes long But I pray that you would uh, watch it for just a moment As we take just a short trip to uh, Thailand So you can see what God is doing there And uh, I pray that your eyes will affect your heart.
I want to uh, thank you first for being uh, faithful to uh, support me and my family for uh, the last several years. And uh, anyone that's been uh, saved or baptized or life changed, um, you have a part of that, and I want to thank you for it, okay? Uh, I believe God could have sent anyone or used anyone else, uh, but I'm grateful he decided to use us as a tool and uh, also you as a... uh, a partner in our efforts to try to reach people for Christ. And so, um, just in case, uh, we do have prayer cards if you grab them. And uh, I might have said this before because I've been here before, but just in case there's someone new here, this is my recommendation. is I encourage you all to uh, pray for your missionaries, okay? And uh, I know a lot of people have a special time and place, but one more place and time that you could pray for them is... Every time you eat dessert, pray for a missionary. And I I encourage dessert eating, okay? But if you ever have ice cream, and a good vehicle to eat ice cream up on would be a cone. So if you eat ice cream, could you pray for the cone family, okay? So I know you're going to leave here, and the next time you're at Dairy Queen... A few of you probably will get together and get on your knees and begin having a prayer meeting at Dairy Queen. But uh, it's just a good reminder. Uh, You remember our name. Uh, I was saddled with that name my whole life. And so uh, now it's a way for folks to remember us and to pray for us. And so pray for us. So while you're doing that, if you could pray for a few different things uh, that we are um, working on here. Uh, So when we came here uh, just a few years ago or two years ago, uh, we had dropped our, we had come back because our daughter graduated uh, high school and then she went on to uh, Bible college and she's uh, finished her first two years. Now our son is graduated high school, so we're doing the same thing. We brought him back. And so pray for our kids that um, I have always told our children that if God would call them into ministry, I would be forever grateful. But if not, as long as they continue to serve the Lord as best they can and then whatever God wants them to do, as long as they're in their will, Um, that's what we'll be grateful for. So pray for them because we're going to leave them and we're going to go back to Thailand. They're going to be here on their own. Uh, Well, not completely on their own, but they'll be here without us, okay? And so uh, they have a a place to stay at Nana and Papa's, which I think is a good place to stay. And so my wife's parents have a place for them to stay when we go back. But pray for them that they would continue to to grow in the Lord and and seek out and find exactly what God has for them in their lives. And then pray for us because we're going back without our kids uh, which, of course, is our children, but also uh, our ministry partners, where uh, when we need to get things done, they were two free employees that could always help us out in different things. And so when we go back, uh, we'll be losing uh, teachers, we'll be losing uh, janitors, we'll be losing uh, folks that used to prepare our home for visitors. Uh, and we do have quite a few visitors in our home uh, <clears throat> every week there in Thailand. So I uh, pray for our kids. If you could also pray for Grace Baptist Church, that's the name of the church that we just turned over to Nationals uh, January of this year. Pray for that church. They would continue to grow without us. I know it has nothing to do with us, uh, but now that we're gone, uh, would you pray for that church that they would continue? That church has made a commitment that they will help us with our church plant there in Bangpli. Also pray for another church called Siracha Baptist Church. If you've ever been to a uh, an Asian restaurant or something like that, and they'll have a bottle of sriracha sauce. That's where the name comes from is this city in Thailand. Now, that's not where the sauce came from, but uh, that's a whole other story. Uh, Some guy in California made it. But 
He got the name from Sriracha, Thailand. So pray for Sriracha Baptist Church. During COVID, uh, the missionary that, that is a pastor of that church came to America, got caught in America and wouldn't, wasn't allowed back in the country. We were still there, so we uh, traveled down there to Sriracha uh, at least a couple times a month to preach and to help them. And then we helped them with their teenagers and different ministries. And so we got close to that church down there. And so that church, uh, a few weeks before we came back to America, I went down there and presented our plan, our God's goal to plant our church. And they are going to commit to help us uh, of course, financially, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be a small amount, but uh, what they're going to do is when we begin to uh, pass out flyers and, and, and knock on, well, we don't knock on doors in Thailand, we ring doorbells, so, uh, because uh, every house in Thailand has a gate, so you can't knock on the door because you can't get into the door until you ring the doorbell, but they're going to uh, commit to helping us pass out flyers, do whatever we can uh, to help our church get started, and so pray for those two churches that are willing to help us. Pray for the Files family. It's another missionary family there in town. They've committed to come and help us there uh, with that church plant. They are currently in language school, so pray for them. And you'll, you, I'm sure a lot of people would ask, uh, how long did it take you to become fluent in Thai? And I always tell people, I'll let you know when I get there, okay? So uh, Thai language is very, very difficult. And uh, you probably said, well, whenever you said it, I heard lots of mistakes. And I understand. I'm sure I made a lot of mistakes. But uh, God has allowed us to... Uh, learn the 44 consonants, 22 vowels, and five tone marks, where you could say a word five different ways and have five different meanings and say some horrible stuff from the pulpit like I have on accident. So uh, pray for them. They're in language school. They're going to help us. Uh, pray that we can raise the funds we need. We need about $25,000 in order to open the church there uh, with all the equipment, all the supplies we need there. Uh, right now, we're about 35% uh, of what we need. Another church made a commitment last Sunday. And so pray that we do that. Now, I know someone in here, you guys got millionaires stacked on millionaires in here. And any one of you, several people could write a check for the entire amount. But if you would just commit to pray, and God would allow that money to come in, whether in a big, large chunk or bit by bit, Either way, God just reminds me, hey, don't worry, uh, I'm going to take care of it. And so, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, taking care of it, we had to sell our, our van right before we came back. It was getting old and giving us lots of trouble, and so we knew that it was at the high peak time to sell it because if it sat there for another uh, few months while we are gone, it would be broken down even worse. So pray that we can raise the money to get us a vehicle. I would love, love to be able to raise enough to get a real decent second-hand uh, Lamborghini, but... Uh, <laughs> A small Toyota would do just fine, and we can find a used one of those. The used car market, it's quite expensive over in Thailand, but uh, you guys around here are getting just about as expensive as anywhere else trying to buy a home or a car or bananas and stuff like that. And so uh, we came back to America and realized, man, uh, a lot of the stuff around here is kind of expensive. And so uh, pray for your people. I don't know if you put any gas into your car the last couple of days. But gas prices uh, went up quite a bit. I remember a few days ago, it was about $3.30, and I was like, hey, just wait. Don't go put any gas in there because it's bound to go back down. And it did just the opposite. It went back up. And so uh, pray for those folks that are really struggling out there. God's taking care of us. But continue as we uh, pray as we travel. And uh, about half the time we're reporting to supporting churches just like this one. The other half of the time we are in brand new churches that have never supported us. Pray that God would bestow upon them to partner with us so that we can continue to spread the gospel there in Thailand. If you have your Bible with you, I hope you do. 
Uh, once you turn to Matthew chapter number 5 in your Bible. Matthew chapter number 5. And I am certain on these few verses we're going to go over. Uh, your pastor, different preachers and things like that have all preached on these uh, passages. Uh, but if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter number 5 and verse number 13 uh, through 16. Matthew chapter number 5, verse number 13 through 16. The Bible says this. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle, put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank for the day. Lord God, I pray that uh, it would be all about you tonight, Lord God. And Lord God, it's the Cone family, and we're coming from Thailand. But Lord God, help us, help me to make it about you tonight, Lord God, as I speak. Give me the words to say, and if anything I, I've written in the sermon, typed up, Lord, that you wouldn't have me to say, Lord, help me skip over it and not do anything with it. But Lord God, I pray that you would help us all to focus on you tonight. We, uh, many of us have put in hours of work and we'll go back to work tomorrow and there's bills to be paid and, and things that are behind and financial obligations and family problems. But Lord God, help us for just a moment, put those things out of our mind that we may focus on your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. Thank you for standing. You may be seated there. Um, here, before verse number 13, are the Beatitudes. Those are famous. And I'm sure uh, either in Sunday school or your pastor or several other people have preached about the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes were, were taught by Jesus for the disciples and a few other outlying people. Uh, you, you, you know that the, the miracle of the Loaves and fishes were about 5,000 people, okay? This right here in Matthew chapter 5 was a much smaller group, a more committed group, uh, people that were really, uh, I don't know if, if, if I would say sold out, but, but a lot closer to Jesus than that 5,000 crowd. And Jesus pulled them aside and began to teach them, and he uh, used the word blessed. Nine times in Matthew chapter 5 it says blessed. In here... When Jesus is teaching, he is explaining, for instance, like blessed are the poor in spirit. He was explaining that happy are those that are poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So you are poor in spirit, but you're happy in that because, or, or dot, 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 okay. Number four, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. So you are blessed in your mourning in your meekness, in your poor in spirit, in your hunger and thirst for righteousness, in your merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, they that are persecuted. That doesn't even make any sense. How can you be blessed? But I think Jesus was teaching how you can be blessed or happy or have a Christian life that honors God during those what we consider bad times. I don't know if you've ever had bad times. I know you folks in here, probably every single day is just rose petals and Hawaiian punch and everything like that. You never have any problems. But just in case, the Beatitudes are for people like you and me that maybe from time to time it just isn't 100% awesome. 
And Jesus was teaching, hey, this is how you can be happy. This is how you can be blessed. Or, or not blessed uh, as far away, but have a blessed life or, or have a feeling of a blessed life. Now that we know how to be happy with these few verses. When Jesus said that ye are the salt of the earth, obviously he was talking to those that had already had faith, uh, already believed that this was the Messiah, had the character to be his disciples. The people that Jesus were talking to knew that they were not the religious elite or the powerful, but they were ones that were willing to follow Jesus and they were willing to grow. And so after explaining how you can be blessed in all these things or happy in all these things, then he said, ye are the salt of the earth. Now, Jesus didn't say, uh, you can be the salt, or, or, or if you try really hard, you can be the salt of the earth, or, or if you uh, are much closer to me, but he said, ye are the salt of the earth. Number one, what is salt? Salt, and, and uh, when we were here in America uh, a few years ago, I determined that I was going to learn how to barbecue. I don't know if anyone in here likes barbecue or likes to cook barbecue, but I'd never done it before, ever before. Now I'd grilled and cooked and things like that, but I'd never smoked meat over several hours. And so I began to, to, to you know how you teach yourself nowadays, right? You used to go down to the library. Now you just YouTube, okay? So guess what? I started watching tons of YouTube videos on this is how you cook meat, all right? And so I taught myself how to smoke meat. I got a, a cheap smoker, an electric smoker, because I didn't want to spend too much money. And then I taught myself out of that, and I moved on to a, a bullet smoker. And, and I took that smoker all the way back to Thailand. And so now I smoke pork shoulder and, and not brisket very often. Brisket's way too expensive. But pork shoulder and, and chicken and, uh, and all these different things that I do. And I smoke it, and we have big times at our church. And, and we have people over at our house and things like that. Uh, but there was a, another missionary that that uh, had cancer uh, in the Bangkok area. And just like anyone who is sick, you always say, hey, uh, let me know if there's anything I can do. Well, the doctors and prayer are doing most of the things in someone's life. But I said, hey, if there's anything we can do, and, and they knew that my family and I, we like to cook. And he needed to change his diet. He had, uh, was a missionary for, oh goodness, probably 25 years living in Thailand. And, and most Thai people that live there, and, and he is more like a Thai person, you go out to the street, you buy your food off a cart, you come in and eat the food. Well, the doctor had said you need to change that and not eat those things. Because people say, well, Thai food is cheap on the street. And it is if you're willing to eat street food. But it's kind of like eating a lower level of McDonald's every single day. So you can imagine it's not good for you. And so the doctor had said, hey, you need to increase your protein. And they said, hey, can you help us? You know, uh, we don't really cook, but we know you guys cook. And I said, yeah. I said, I said, I'll just cook like a week's worth of protein and chicken and pork and things like that. And you can have it and, and put it in your freezer and be ready. We can do that for you because that's what we do. We, we'd be glad to help you. And she said, there's only rest one restriction on the food. I said, all right, what is it? He can't have salt. I'm like, What? You want me to cook good food without salt. It's impossible. You know what? Salt is so amazing. And, and I'll give you a tip right here. Now, some of you may know this. Some of you guys look like you, you may know how to eat. Some of you look like you have no idea. But if you take, if you take a steak, even not a very expensive steak, and you'll put salt on that, 
and it will dry brine that salt. And you put it in your fridge for a few hours. You pull it out, you let it come to room temperature, and you sear it on both sides with no other seasoning at all, and it would be amazing. Salt can do amazing things. Salt enhances the flavor of the food that you put it on. What is salt? It's a valuable commodity. Ingredients of salt make it valuable. Now, I know there are probably lots of chemists in here, but I'm not. I had to look it up. Google. Salt is made from sodium, uh, uh, chemicals sodium and chlorine. Separately, the chemicals that make up salt will kill you. They're poisonous or, or, or make you quite sick. But those two chemicals combined become salt. Now, how in the world would God allow things that would kill you combine and become something amazing? Now, mind you, salt is amazing. And, and I'm going to tell you how, how amazing it is. How in the world can God take something so horrible, so, something that would cause death, and make it amazing? Because God is an amazing chemist. Amen. He will take you, he will take me, full of wickedness and sin, on our way to hell. And he will take what we give him, which is nothing, and he can change it into something amazing. That's who he is. The ingredients. The importance made it valuable. You know, a long, long time ago, uh, it was used as a method of trade. The first war in China was fought over salt. One of the earliest books that were written about pharmaceuticals was published in China. And it was 40 ways that salt can be used as a medicinal purposes. Special salt rations were given to early Roman soldiers. And it was known as a hard word to say, salarium argentum, which is the forerunner of the English word, salary. The word that they used to give salt to soldiers as payment, we now use as the word salary. There was a period of time that a pound of salt and a pound of gold was traded for the same price, which is about now. Gold and other things are so so, uh, cheap now. The first patent that was issued by Great Britain to an American in the colonies had to do with salt. A good, faithful man was said to be worth his salt. The involvement made us valuable. You add salt to food, it makes it better. Guaranteed. Now you said, well, you know, you don't salt and pepper food in, uh, you don't put salt on your food in Asia. You're right, you don't. Put soy sauce. Soy sauce is way saltier than anything uh, that you have salt. You put soy sauce or, or maggi or uh, 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 we, we uh, goodness gracious, we don't put salt on our food. We put fish sauce. Goodness, I almost forgot what it was. Fish sauce on our food. And you think, gross, squished up fish uh, made into sauce. Yeah, it's fantastic. It smells like dirty old feet. But it tastes amazing, and it makes everything salty if you add fish sauce. You have regular fried rice, and you add fish sauce to it, it's even better. Or oyster sauce, man. Squished up oysters made into liquid is fantastic also. You add that on. Why? Because salt is flavor. The involvement of salt makes things more valuable. Because of Jesus Christ, we are more valuable. Before, we were nothing, but with Him, we are amazing. Ephesians 4, uh, verse number 1, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter number 1. Four and five say this, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. 
He chose us. He adopted us. He loves us. And he makes us better. With the addition of Jesus Christ in our life, we're amazing. Beforehand, we were just wicked sinners on our way to hell. Um, I like to impress my family with food. I want to put in front of them food. I like to do it to everybody. I, like, I want someone to say it was good. But my son uh, is particular fussy about his food. Now, we've uh, traveled all over the world and, and all over America. And when we go from town to town and city to city, um, when we go to different states and, and uh, uh, churches, sometimes we'll go out to eat and it's like they'll take us to like Chili's or a chain. I was like, listen, I don't want to go to a chain. I want to go somewhere that's uniquely here. So if you're up in Kansas City, you want to go to barbecue, right? Or if you're down in the south, you want to have something fried, all right? But, uh, so we had the, the pleasure of eating some amazing food all over the world. And my son will tell you, once he eats something, and I'll say, son, how was it? And he'll say this, he'll say, oh, it's pretty good. If he says it's pretty good, that means it's lousy, all right? He's just trying to be nice. But then my son says, uh, I'll sometimes say, son, how was it? And he goes, oh, it's awesome. And if it's really awesome and my son loves it and thinks it's fantastic, you know what he does? Ah, dad, you got to try this. Oh, mom, you have to taste this. It's great. He'll, now, he'll tell you something's lousy, but if something's really good, he instantly wants, hey, you need to experience this. That's the same way with Jesus. If he is that good, Hey, you need to try this. Uh, this steak is good, but you add all these extra things like salt, and it's amazing. When something is fantastic, we would want to share it with others. Is it pretty good or, or is it awesome? What is salt? Secondly, what does salt do? You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? Salt is savor. There is a a special type of ham. And it comes off a, a whole leg of the hog. And it's called the Iberico ham. I don't know if you've ever had it before, ever seen it. But sometimes in some fancy shops in Europe and things like that, they'll have a, a big old leg of ham just sitting on two hooks. Uh, and it'll sit there. And whenever you order it, they'll just trim it off that leg of ham. These legs generally weigh between 13 and 17 pounds. And they can range in price for one leg between $500 and $5,000 for this leg of this ham. They will hang in a room that's about 80% humidity for about two to three months. And they will lose about 60% of their weight from the water and the rendering of the fat during that time. Then they are hung into well-lit rooms with no temperature control at all except for opening and closing windows that will open and close to try to keep the temperature the same as they can for about two years. After that two years, or about two or five years more, it will take that long for it to get at the peak of his flavor. But before all that occurs, these hams are laid under eight foot deep of salt. Because salt preserves. Salt preserves. Salt preserves uh, things from decaying. Folks, tonight, salt will preserve humanity from decaying. But where's the salt come from? Jesus said, ye are the salt of the earth. We are to preserve this world. 
If the world's in trouble, it's the fault of Christians allowing the decay of this world. If the world is in trouble, it's us as Christians that should be making the world better. You'll say, hey, there's no hope. And if you watch the news or read the newspaper, if folks still do that anymore, and you talk about, see all the bad things going on, you know whose fault it is. You say, man, that devil. The Bible says that ye are the salt of the earth. And it's quite possible that the salt has lost its savor. Um, let, let me tell you this. If you don't mind, I, I don't mind. Sometimes I say way too much all the time when I'm preaching. But tonight, I forgot my socks. My dress socks. I had regular socks. I don't think you'd... I, I probably could have worn regular socks. You wouldn't have mind, but a few of you might have. So I had to go to Walmart. Goodness gracious, Walmart has everything. I wish we had Walmart in Thailand. But I went to Walmart to get some socks just a minute ago. And we pulled in, and a police car drove up. Anyone else? Hopefully no one's missing tonight from church. Well, the police car drove up there at Walmart. And then another one came up. And then three or four more came up. We had like six or seven Walmart cars, uh, uh, police cars at the Walmart. And then I went in there and saw that there were three or four ladies with backpacks full of stuff, several men that were with them. And it was obvious and apparent that they were stealing stuff at the Walmart. Obviously, they found it and called the police. And and they're going to go to prison. And I thought, you know what, what a mistake. Man, what, what are they thinking? You know what, that's what our world's coming to. It's those people like that. And then I thought, you know what, maybe we, we just aren't salty enough. Maybe we hadn't just uh, reached out to those folks and, and tried our best because salt preserves the goodness of God. Psalms 107.1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. God is good. And it will prevent corruption. Salt saves food. Do you know that if, if food begins to rot, if you add salt, it will delay the uh, spoiling process? Salt saves food. Jesus Christ saves us. Amen. We ought to be able to be a little bit more salty. John 1, 9 says, But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he'll do the same for others. But maybe those others have not heard because we're not salty. Salt flavors. I had a friend of mine and, and he had just graduated A&M. And he was going for a job interview at a restaurant. And just a few minutes into the, when they had received their food, a few minutes into it, uh, the person interviewing him said, I'm sorry, but you didn't get the job. He goes, what are you talking about? We just got here. You haven't even asked me a whole bunch of questions. How in the world can I not already have the job? She goes, well... When the food came, you salted your food before you ever tasted it. So it just shows that you're closed-minded so you don't get the job. Maybe he just realized that salt makes stuff better. I mean, salt, salt, salt makes stuff salty, yes, if you put too much. But if you add just enough, it makes what you're tasting better. It makes things better. It adds flavor to the food that you're eating. We need to be adding flavor to our church. Your church ought to be better because of you. 
Because of the God you serve and the one who saved you. We ought to be salty. You're the salt of the earth. And guess what? I think this church is part of the earth. So we ought to be salt of the church. If you're making this church better, you're probably salty. But if you're not, maybe you're not salty enough. We ought to be adding salt to our community. You know how many different communities are represented in here? Now the neighborhood you live in, that's a community. You don't live in the same neighborhood, do you? Unless it's a cult. and I don't know. I don't think it is. But you live in different neighborhoods. So that's a different community you live in, all right? We don't all live in neighbors. Some of you guys live in big houses. Some of you guys live in small houses. you got different communities. That's your community. Some of you guys are different race, different culture, different creed, different likes. Some of you like fish. Some of you don't like fish. I know some of you like, I love fish. If you add lemon juice on it and it's fried and it doesn't take like fish. I don't think you like fish. But that's a different person. Some people love sports, man. Some, I could talk about sports and especially DFW sports and the Dallas Cowboys. Man, I can't wait for the football season to start. You know what stinks about being in America during football season? You got to go to church and miss football. In Thailand, the football games don't start until midnight on Sunday night. I watch all the football I want and never miss one day at church. I love sports. That's another community. You talk to sports. Uh, I just, I came back to America. They invented a new sport called pickleball. You guys ever played pickleball? If you hadn't, you need to. That's a new community. I'm in the pickleball community. I'm in the talk about pickleball on Facebook community. I'm in the barbecue community. I'm in the eating food community. I should be in the diet person community, but I'm not just yet. They keep on inviting me, but I'm not in that. Those are all different communities you're in part of all the time. And in those communities, you need to be salty. Just yesterday, and I'm, I don't know why I have all these stories popping up, but just yesterday I wanted to be a good uncle. And I took my niece and my nephew, and they're both, uh, one of them's almost in high school, one's in high school, and they're involved at, at the golf team in school. And I grew up playing golf, and uh, I coached golf at our Christian school many years ago. So I said, hey, I'll take you to the, the driving range before, um, before school starts back. And we'll, I'll take you to the driving range and give you some tips and help you out. Apparently, I went on the hottest day in history of my life to play golf. But uh, they were busy, so we decided to go about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. That was the dumbest decision I've ever made. Good thing is we didn't practice for very long, so it was so hot. We went inside, and we got us a drink and started talking. And I talked to the guy behind the register, and, and I talked to the other guy in there. And uh, we were just chatting it up and stuff like that. And we got outside, and my nephew goes, uh, Uncle B, that's what he calls me. That's my name, is Brian. Uncle B, how in the world can you talk to perfect strangers? He goes, you don't even know who those guys are. Apparently, one of the guys was actually his tennis coach uh, that, that had been coaching, giving him lessons, and he knew who the boy, uh, who my nephew was, but I didn't know who he was. I was just talking to both of them. I was like, how in the world can you talk to people you don't know? And I said, I said, well, you know, you know, I do talk for a living. I do that a lot on Sundays and Wednesdays. I talk for a living. Amen. But you know what? Uh, you talk to perfectly good strangers that you never met before because those people need to hear about Jesus Christ. Now, if I was a stick in the mud and wouldn't speak to anybody and stuff like that, man, they'd never hear about whenever I talked about Jesus because I wasn't nice enough to talk to them about golf or pickleball or the Gatorade flavor that I was drinking. We need to add flavor to our communities. What's your community? What's your culture? Where do you live? Who do you in contact with? We need to add flavor. We need to be salty. Do you know salt also takes away bitterness? I'm not a coffee expert, but I know a lot of people that love coffee. You add just a little bit of coffee to the grounds when you make it. It takes away bitterness. You have a drink. It's very bitter. You add salt. It takes away bitterness. We, if we could be, if we would be more salty, we could take away bitterness. 
boy, we all have a lot of bitterness. And you know what? You probably have a good reason to be. But I'd rather you be salty. Making things better, taste better with salt. But I'm afraid some of us have lost our savor. You know, before 1990s, McDonald's french fries used to be so much more better. Why They they used to cook them in beef tallow. I don't know if you know what beef tallow is, but you take a whole bunch of beef fat and you heat it up and you render it down to make it liquid and then you can fry stuff in it. If If you know anything about barbecue, you take beef tallow and you slather that on top of a brisket and make it super greasy. And you're like, oh, that's greasy. No, that's just flavor. But you know what? They had to change. Someone got fussy and they had to change the vegetable oil. And it just wasn't the same. So if you read on the, French, on the McDonald's French fry, the list of their ingredients, they do put it in a vegetable oil. But you'll see in their list of ingredients, they add natural beef flavor to their French fries. Why? Because they realized without that beef t- tallow, they just didn't taste as good. And a French fry that don't taste good is a piece of styrofoam. And they realize, man, we need to add something to make these things taste better. We need to add salt to different areas in our life around us. Jesus Christ saved us. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if we're not salty, we're worthless. And he said, you're just gravel. You're doing nothing. How do we get salty? The Bible says in verse number 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. What in the world... Listen, folks, you're not to do good works to get into heaven, okay? No one teaches that. The Bible teaches that. You know who teaches that you have to do good works to get into heaven? Everything else that is not a Bible-based religion, okay? In, in, in uh, uh, Thailand, we deal with it all the time. You must do. You must give. You must do a different thing. So you can get up to a different level to finally reach nirvana. That's what we teach in Buddhism there in Thailand. Not what we teach. That's what Thailand teaches. That's what Buddhism teaches. Jesus Christ teaches. He's already done everything, but... In verse number 16, it says you have to do good works. In order for people to see the light, in order for people to see the salt, you must do good. We need to love people. How should we love people? The exact way that God loved you and forgave you. We need to love and forgive the same way God loves and forgives. Problem is, is we're loving and forgiving the way we love and forgive. And we'd forgotten how much God loves us and how much he forgave of us. Just not salty. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I don't think the writer was talking about America, but I think these verses can apply to us. My people, those that are followers of Christ, shall... Called people, God is calling you. Humble people say, God, I am nothing without you. And then we need to be praying people. Have you ever heard of Adoniram Judson? He went to Burma as a missionary. There's a Burmese English dictionary now that he half completed before his death, and that Burmese English dictionary is still being used today. I apologize, Myanmar and Burma are the same country. It's just. Uh, Myanmar is the new name, so forgive me. At the time of his death, there were over 100 churches and 8,000 believers when he died. Before then, there were none. Myanmar has the third largest number of Baptists worldwide. 
America, behind uh, uh, United States and India, then Burma is number three. Every dictionary and grammar written in Burma in the last two centuries had been based on the original ones that were created by Adoniram Judson. Each July, Baptist churches in Miramar celebrate Judson Day. The day that he came to Burma and started telling and teaching people about Jesus Christ. They have a holiday in Burma called Judson Day. But you know, whenever he surrendered and was called to Burma, never happened. He never surrendered to Burma. He didn't feel God called to Burma. He felt called to India, and he surrendered to India, and he went to India. But the government there in India, after a certain time, kicked him out. And Burma was just the next nearest, closest, safest places he could go to. Well, how in the world did God come to India? And he's, he probably went just like me. Hey, God called me to India. I went to India. And hey, God, I know I, I prayed about it. God, I'm going to India. That's where God wants me to go. That's where I'm going to go. He's in India, gets kicked out. And what you do? He has to go to, to Burma. Well, how in the world did he accomplish so much if God had called him somewhere else? I reckon he was just salty wherever he went. He said, you know what? I'll, I, 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 this is, I don't think this is where I'm supposed to be. But while I'm here, I'm going to add some flavor. I'm going to add some salt. With God's help, hopefully, I can make it better. In verse number 14, and we're done, it says, You are the light of the world. Now, you ought to add flavor to the community. You ought to be salty in your church. But then in verse number 16, it says, You are the light of the world. Sometimes we, as Christians, are so busy screaming into the darkness and the evil and the wickedness we see in the world, mostly screaming at our TV, that we forget about shining a light in the darkness. You know, uh, we all need water to live. We all know that. That's nothing new. Do you know that the earth is covered by 71% water? That's 29% earth, 71% water. Water is essential for our survival. But yet 96% of the water that is on earth is undrinkable. Because it contains salt. The earth's surface is 71% water, but just 3.5% of all the water on earth is drinkable. 3.5% of water on earth sustains and gives life. Just 3.5%, that's nothing. If I was going to take 100 people and only 3 of them were Christians, man, if they were sold out salty Christians, it'd be no problem. You're saying, you don't understand, Brother Brian. There's so many few Christians in, in, in the world, so many few Christians where I live, so many few Christians at my job. Yeah, I know, it's tough. But tonight, if Jesus Christ were to come back in Thailand, most people in Thailand wouldn't even notice because we are less than 1% Christian in Thailand. But I believe if that less than 1% could be salty, it'd change the world. Now you say, what am I supposed to do? Well... You have a choice. Uh, you, can be a, you can be a go missionary. Man, that'd be awesome if you all went to Thailand. You're welcome to stay. We have a small house, but you could stay there for a little while. The rent's high if you'd come, but you can stay. And I'd love for everyone to come, but you can be a go missionary. Or you can be a, a co-missionary and join up and, and, and pray for your missionaries. Give for those missionaries. Do something that you can do for those missionaries. Or you can be a, a no missionary. A long time ago, uh, uh, my father-in-law, man, he can do anything. He can build stuff. He can fix stuff. He, he did all the repairs on the car. and I just didn't grow up like that. No, I didn't have a dad around. And so my dad never showed me how to 
change oil or do anything like that. And so I was always over at his house with a car problem and stuff like that. And, and I remember one time I said, hey, I said, uh, I said oh, God, I'm so sorry. I was like, I, I need you to fix this on the car. I have no idea what I'm doing. And, and, and I know you know what you're doing. I appreciate it. I wish I could even give you a hand, but I, I can barely even hold a flashlight still enough for you to work on the car. But I said, I just want to tell you. And I said, I'm sorry. I wish I could do more. And you know what he told me? He goes, son-in-law, you do what you can do, and I'll do what I can do. Now, he could probably preach if he wanted to, but, but, but he knows that's what I do. And he said, if you'll do what you can do, and I do what I can do, then we'll both be doing something positive. Amen. Folks here at this church, I want you to do what you can do. And then me and my wife, we'll try to do as best at what we can do. But together, we'll be co-missionaries together. But maybe today, uh, you thought, you know what, man, at work... I, should, I could be more salty. In my community, I could be, I could be more salt. My, my, my friends, my family, they need more flavor. And that salt's only going to become from a born-again Christian that Jesus Christ is leading and helping. We need to be salty. If we're not, Jesus said, you know what you are? You're just gravel. I'd throw you on the ground and be walked upon. Man, I don't want to be a castaway. So let's bind together tonight. Let's be more salty. If you would, please close your eyes and bow your head. And, and I'm going to ask God to bless in our time of invitation. If you would, please uh, stand to your feet with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. And maybe we'll have some, some music in just a moment. But I want you to consider this for just a moment. Is there somewhere, is there something where I could be more salty? Ye are, ye, 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 ye are the salt of the earth. Jesus said, ye are the salt of the earth. But you could be salt that isn't salty. And if you're not salty, how will this world be salty? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, saving me. Thank you so much for saving my family. Lord God, help me and my family.